Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You can wrap this one, my friend, in maroon and white. Ten seconds, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Bingo! You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Dad gum that Michael Borky, I had a whole monologue planned about him not talking about this show. He's so nice and considerate. God, I hate him. And I like that Richard Cross who's would just run me over. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning. Appreciate you guys tuning in here. It's Super Talk Mississippi. Another Wednesday evening to talk Mississippi State sports with you here. Rhino down there in Studio X. He'll make sure uh, that, that if anything does go wrong, it's because I said something dumb. It's not his fault. And you know, the odds, you know, I'll be honest with you. I've gotten to this point, and this we are coming up on a we're coming up on a uh, I guess a year in, in August of this show. And to my knowledge. I haven't said anything so dumb that they they had to call me and they were like, "Hey, don't don't say that again." Haven't gotten there, so uh, that's a big win for me as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, we are coming up on a uh, on a year because it was uh, at SEC Media Days that we announced this show, and we are two weeks away. This time uh, next week, or sorry, two weeks from now, we will have already talked to Zach Arnett, and we will be uh, getting ready the next day on Thursday to talk to Lane Kiffin. So. Not too far off from 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 a, a great great event. Looking forward to that. And talking about Zach Arnett, we did a podcast on this. We did a Thunder and Lightning last week. I want to say it was our Thursday show. If, if you can always go back on the uh, the podcast feed and find it, when we talked about Zach Arnett in year one. You know, it, it's so tough sometimes to judge a coach in year one because they're 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 playing with a lot of cards that they didn't personally you know deal out and and. There's always extenuating circumstances, and with Arnett, obviously, there's huge extenuating circumstances with the tragedy that surrounded this program back in December. So the question becomes, you know, how much can you learn about it? Because honestly, if it goes bad, and states like six and six, and that's what I'm going to say would be going bad. That would be really bad, in my opinion. That would that is that is a number that I would be very disappointed by. But at the same time, I could go, you know what? The transition was too much for one year and, and, and everything that happened. And so you got to give them another year. And I don't really know how much you know about him. But that same token, if they win 10 games, I'm going to say, well, you know, he took over this team and yeah, he made some great moves. But so where am I? Here's the, the, the truth of the matter. And, and maybe I'm a little biased in this, but I feel like Arnett is, is showing you through the way he handled the bowl game, through the way that he handled Mississippi State's first recruiting class and keeping everybody on board, by the way he, you know, I've mentioned this a couple times. When 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 you talk to when we talked to Zach Arnett as a defensive coordinator, he was pretty gruff. You know, pretty pretty matter of the fact, point to the you know, getting to the point, you know. And and, and that was just kind of I'm a wrestling fan. That was kind of just sort of his character, right? If you got if you talk to Arnett away from the cameras, he was great. He, I mean, he is a great guy. He's funny. He'll make you laugh. 
you can make him laugh. But that character has changed since he became a head coach. I feel like he's a lot more welcoming, a lot more uh, uh, gregarious. Might be the right word. I'm, I, I'm assuming I'm using the right word. I may not fully know what gregarious means. But for me, I've seen a shift in his personality from defensive coordinator to head coach. That tells me that he understands that, hey, being a head coach is about engaging your fan base. It's about getting people excited for what you're you're telling them. And it's tough to do that when you're just up there like, well, I mean, you heard some of the interviews I did with that guy when he was a defensive coordinator. Oh, well, didn't think we played very well at all. And, you know, our guys are out of position, and we're just lucky to, you know. Now when he talked to him, he's like, we're a big-time program. We we deserve to be treated like a big-time program. I don't disagree. So that that tells me something. The way he's worked with NIL, you know, he it tells me he understands how important that's going to be going forward, and he has made that every time he's had a stop this summer on the road dogs or anything like that, he's made a point to talk about NIL, and he has been a big part of the reason, along with Zach Selman and, and the tireless efforts of Charlie Winfield, why the Bulldog Initiative has been put itself into a pretty good position right now, a competitive position in the SEC in terms of the NIL collectives. So I know all that. And then, you know, I, I'm not, okay, guys, I'm not saying I'm, I'm a wizard or anything. I did nail Mississippi State's prediction last year, though. I just want to point that out. Just want to, one more time. We got that clip. Can we play that clip? I, I got it, Rhino. I'll get it to you. Uh, but, I mean, I've been around enough college football coaches that I feel like I have, I feel like I have a pretty decent grip on how they're going to be. Now, I won't lie to you. I was awful, Moorhead. You know, the first, up until they lost to Kentucky, I was like, this guy is, is going to win here. And then it, it just got away from him so quickly. I feel, though, with Arnett that I'm watching a guy that it could be, can be a, a top coach, can be a coach that stays at Mississippi State for a long time or as long as he wants, wins games, and then goes on to a great job somewhere else, or perhaps he's the guy who's finally going to stay. Mississippi State will certainly is going to be competitive with their salary. Can they offer him what Ole Miss is offering Kiffin? I don't know. I don't know if they can do nine, but they can do seven, seven and a half, eight. And then as, as the years go by and you win games, you have more money to give out. So, so what am I going to learn about him in year one? Well, the first two weeks, I don't feel like I'm going to learn a whole lot. Southeast Louisiana. Now, Arizona, I know if Jason and Flagstaff is listening, he's going to get riled up here. Jason, he says it right here, I'm not going to judge Arnett harshly either way unless it's just an abject disaster. If he wins more than seven with everything considered, State has something. Jason, I'm about to make you upset, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to say it. I feel like State will be able to, to beat Arizona with relative ease. Relative ease, Jason. Calm down. And then when they play LSU, you, you feel like you watch that game and you learn something. Arnett against one of the best coaches in college football, against the defending SEC West champions, one of the most talented teams in the country. How does he do? Those are the litmus tests. Remember Mullen's first year? They played a, a LSU team that wasn't great, that 2009 LSU team. They weren't great, but they were certainly more talented than Mississippi State. They were in the middle of a long winning streak against the Bulldogs. And State 
had the ball on the one-yard line with a chance to take the lead with under a minute to go. We all know how it turned out, but it doesn't change the fact that you could watch that game and say, okay, State's clearly got something with Mullen. He, he knows what he's doing. He's putting the pieces together. He's going to be fine there. Same thing. May not win the game, but just if, if you're there in the fourth quarter with a chance to win, that's all you can ask. You know, two weeks after that, you play Alabama. Can you just be competitive with them? Never mind beating them. We had we had a podcast about this as well. <clears throat> we said, look, it's just about everybody else in the West has had a competitive game with Alabama. Some teams have beaten them. Can you do it? Can you? Can, you know, State has scored in the last three years. They've scored a total of fifteen points against Alabama. Can you go to the fourth quarter down fourteen and maybe you lose by twenty-one? Never mind. I mean, I'm not even asking you to beat them. But if you can do that, I feel okay. Okay, you got something here. You got a coach who knows what he's doing. He's gonna get. He's gonna get things going in the right direction. Got four big games on the road. How do you perform in those? I mean, road games are really a, a great litmus test. Arkansas, A&M, Auburn, and South Carolina. That's four tough tests on the road. You split those four games. I mean, you're eight and four at the worst, probably. You win three of those games. You got something. So, one thing I will say, and I've said this before, it's 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 if you're a state fan, it's okay to have high expectations. It's okay. I feel like too many Mississippi State fans are always like, oh, you know, we play better when we're underrated and when everybody's overlooking us. It's a you know, don't you want to be Alabama once in a while? Don't you want to be like walking into the season going, We're the best team in the conference? That's not this year for Mississippi State. But that's what you want to aspire to, isn't it? Yeah. Say what you want about Ole Miss. Their fans believe each and every year they're going to win 9, 10, 11 games. It doesn't work out that way for them most years. But they believe it going into the season. Take a page out of their books. Don't let anybody tell you this team's going to be bad. They're going to be pretty good. And I think they, I, I think State has something in our net. I think State has a coach that they that can build this program the way that Mullen did, but have more consistency and more highs on the recruiting trail, which will lead to more wins because players are what it's about. Feels like an infomercial for uh, for Zach Arnett, Jeff McComb, not a State fan, but rooting for Arnett. He's an easy guy to root for too. He's very down home. You would think he was from Mississippi. He's not. When we come back, we're going to stick with uh, with football. We're going to talk recruiting. It's getting hot in here. And I'm not just talking about the temperature. We'll be back in just a minute. This is Thunder and Lightning, live on Super Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Back here on Thunder and Lightning on a Wednesday evening with you, Super Talk Mississippi. Hey, don't forget, we're only one week away. 
from the uh, Palmer Home Radiothon for Children. Thursday, July 13th. Rhino, are you ready to ready to lose some hair? My yearly shave and shear. I think we I think we ought to like get the, the big the big scissors out, like you know, like the garden shears for your hair. <laughs> let's just let's just go all out for it. I say so. At first, I thought you were the, the big golden scissors they use for grand opening. No, oh. <laughs> I like that idea too. I'm not sure which one I like better. Uh, we're happy to say that we will air the 11th annual Palmer Home uh, for Children Radiothon Thursday, July 13th, here on Super Talk Mississippi. Every year there are children across Mississippi that need a loving home. And many times these children are caught in unimaginable circumstances, and that's why we need your help. You'll learn how Palmer Home for Children serves vulnerable children. It's a faith-based organization. They don't take government money, and we need your help. So join us for the 11th annual Palmer Home Radiothon uh, for Children Radiothon, July 13th. That's one week from today on Super Talk Mississippi. So you have two great uh, spectacles at this. You're going to get to see Rhino lose his hair and his beard, as he does once a year, once we read. What's the goal this year for you? I still haven't set a hard goal, but uh, it's going to be okay. more than last year. Oh, absolutely, you know. It's been infl- inflation, inflation. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta raise the price. I understand. And th- so you have that. And then on Sports Talk Mississippi, <laughs> I have already made confirmation with my with my people at Mississippi State University. You will see Richard Cross draped in maroon and white. Mississippi, Mississippi State football, basketball, and baseball have provided me with jerseys. For Richard to wear, it's going to be like the Oscars. It'll be an, an, uh, an outfit change every hour for Richard Cross. So if you want to see Richard looking better than he ever has, tune in on Super Talk TV to the Palmer Home Radiothon when Sports Talk Mississippi is on the air from 3 to 6. You you do not want to miss it. I I gotta be honest. I came up with this idea in like March, and I chuckle every time I think about it. I just, I just can't help it. Shout out to Coach Lavotis, Coach uh, Jans, and Coach uh, Coach Leach for for getting the job done. And Coach Armstrong, I got a soccer win in there too. I shouldn't I shouldn't take that for granted. Ah, uh, so if you listen to some some of the podcasts last week, we talked about recruiting and that Mississippi State was was hopeful to get a commitment this past weekend. Uh, that did not pan out the way that that you thought it would, and that. The player in question, William Eccles, who was a three-star, a highly rated three-star offensive lineman out of Houston, Mississippi. You would think that would be a, a, an area where Mississippi State was kind of have a stronghold, you know, with, with Chris Jones and his success in the NFL. But Eccles committed to Ole Miss on on Saturday. Very hotly contested between State and Ole Miss. I know that early in the week, Mississippi State people felt good, but by the end of the week, Ole Miss had their man. Uh, you look at this state this year. 24/7 Sports ranks 37. I'm sorry, 38 players. They are 38 current players have a ranking from 24/7 Sports, a composite ranking, meaning they're ranked by 24/7 and a couple and the other services, ESPN, On Three, uh, Rival, so on and so forth. So 38 players in this state. Uh, you've got a couple of five-star kids uh, from 24/7, anyway. And then you've got a ton of four-star kids. On the composite, you've got 14 four-stars. That's a lot for the state of Mississippi. It's a really good year talent-wise. Only six, I believe is the number, of those players are currently uncommitted. Now, you think about what recruiting used to be. 
and you have kids waiting all the way to signing day. It's just not like that anymore. And then when you look at the top 10, or even, I'm sorry, let's take it all the way to the top 21 players in the state. Only two are uncommitted. Now, one of them is the number one player in the state, Kamarian Franklin, big defensive lineman out of Lake Cormorant. The other one is Daniel Hill, an athlete out of uh, Meridian, Mississippi. Both of those guys, if you had to put in predictions today, you would say they're going out of state. uh, Franklin, maybe to Tennessee, uh, maybe to Miami. If he stays in state, Ole Miss would be the destination. Hill, likely to go to South Carolina, kind of waiting out Alabama to see if they have a spot for him. He's another, And if he stays in-state, he would probably end up at Mississippi State. In the top ten, Ole Miss has Cameron Beavers and Jeffrey Rush, a couple of defensive linemen, one from Bay Springs, one from Pascagoula. In the top ten, Mississippi State has two receivers, J.J. Harrell and, and Stonka Burnside. We talked about them a lot a couple weeks ago. They also have defensive lineman Terrence Hibbler. Then you've got a bunch of kids who are, you know, are committed out of state. Jamonte Waller, the big uh, defensive end or outside linebacker, depends on where you want to play him. From Picayune, he's committed to Florida. Uh, Noriel White in the top ten, committed to uh, Arkansas. Athlete out of Ocean Springs, St. Martin High School. Kanan Daniels from West Point. We've talked a lot about him and how Mississippi State is continuing to recruit him. Local kid in West Point there. Four-star running back committed to Florida. Guys, this is going to be, all of these guys are, are to, in my opinion, prime flip targets. Waller, I don't know that State's really in the game with him. I think if he flips to an in-state school, it would be Ole Miss. I think if Daniels were to flip to an in-state school, it would be Mississippi State. And then White, you could probably talk me into either one of them, to, to State or Ole Miss. And then you've got players like Julius Pope at South Panola. you got players like Tristan Jernigan at Tupelo. Caleb Moore is a really good defensive lineman who's committed to, to Southern Miss. He's a guy that if, if 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 late in the process, State or Ole Miss were to come after him, that might be a, a, a decision he would have to make. Alex Foster's another one, defensive lineman out of Greenville, Greenville St. Joe High School. He just committed to Baylor, but I think, it, again, if State or Ole Miss were to push late in the process, they could probably flip him away. There's just so much talent in the state this year, and Ole Miss seems to have a, a re-energized commitment to c- recruiting here in this state. And of course, Mississippi State is always, you know, focused on in-state recruiting. Zach Arnett has made that really, really clear, and you can tell by the way he drew up his staff that recruiting in this state was going to be a priority. He keep keeps a guy like Tony Hughes on staff. You bring back Chad Bumpus. You bring back Will Friend to their home states. Uh, you bring back Greg Knox as an analyst, but you know, you know, he's playing a part in the recruiting game. So. I'm just telling you right now, buckle up, buckle in. It's going to be a long and bumpy ride with this recruiting class. There's going to be some flips. Ole Miss, State is State is going to push to flip Cameron Beavers from Ole Miss. No question about that. Ole Miss, I think, will continue to push J.J. Harrell to flip to Ole Miss. I think that's going to be the case. Those And that's the two top-rated guys in your class. Beavers is the top-rated guy for Ole Miss. Harold's a top-rated guy for State. Both State and Ole Miss will, will push everything they have to try to flip those guys. And then throughout the State, William Eccles, the guy I just mentioned, that's a guy who State will continue to recruit. They will continue to go after him. Um, I think that from a, another one from Ole Miss is a guy like Patrick Broomfield, who you know, State is, if they miss on a couple of cornerback targets, he, he early in the process, a lot of people thought he might end up at State. 
would they try to flip him? That's a possibility. Ole Miss, I'm, I'm looking at states in-state class, and I don't know who they would, you know, outside of uh, Harrell. I, I think Burnside is 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 pretty locked in with state. I think Hibbler is pretty locked in with state. I think PJ Woodland is pretty locked in with state. If he were to flip, it would be the LSU. I think late in the process. I don't think Fred Clark's headed back to Ole Miss. He's already committed there once. But this is going to be, because of the amount of talent in the state this year, this is going to be a recruiting cycle like we haven't really ever had. You know, in in years past, there would be a couple kids that State and Ole Miss would both battle over. There would be a few kids who you knew were going to State, a few kids you knew were going to Ole Miss. The out-of-state guys would get the rest. This is a year where there are 15 or so kids that State and Ole Miss are going to battle for. And that's something we just haven't ever had in the past. And so signing day could be a day. You know, and, and the flip thing, you know, I remember a few years ago, obviously, you had MJ Daniels. But for the most part, the signing day flip, I feel like, you know, especially now when you have NIL and people have got deals in place, I, I just feel like there's going to be less drama on signing day. But going into signing day, the weeks leading up to it, that's where the drama will be. So this is going to be a, a heck of a recruiting year. I mean, it's it's so funny looking at, at at these kids and what you know how how they would have been ranked a season ago. You know, last 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 uh, season twenty twenty three was not a, a tremendous year for recruiting in the state. You had you had some good players, but you only had a, you ended up with seven composite four stars. A guy like uh, let's just 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 give an example here. So Fred Clark. He's currently rated the number 21 player in the state, committed to Mississippi State. A season ago with his ranking, he would have been the number uh, 16 player in the state. You know, five spots different. Just a lot more talent in the state this year, and State and Ole Miss are going to battle hard all the way to signing day, those guys. Speaking of bringing players in, is baseball ever going to do that? Let's talk about baseball and what's going on there. Uh... A slow, we'll say a slow start to portal season with Mississippi State baseball. Can they get that turned around and get the players they're going to have to have to have the kind of season they want to have? We'll talk about that when we come back. This is Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. You called down the thunder. Well, now you got it. Welcome back to Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. If you've been following along with the Thunder and Lightning Catfish Tour, uh, that is, is taking a break this week. We'll be back next week in Algoma, Mississippi. Uh, Seafood Junction is the name of the place. We'll be there for dinner on a Saturday. They're very, that rarest of birds, a Thunder and Lightning on a Saturday. Normally, that is, normally that's reserved for coaches getting fired. Right? I don't like to work on Saturday, but we'll do it this time. And I'll get to enjoy some delicious superior catfish uh, while I'm at uh, Seafood Junction, along with it's a buffet, so I'm going to 
going to enjoy a lot of things, evidently. Looking forward to that. Uh, I'm not enjoying what's going on with, uh, with, with, with MSU baseball right this second. We talked a little bit about this on the podcast. By the way, if you, if you don't subscribe to the podcast, you should. A lot of great Mississippi State stuff there five days a week, plus interviews and a lot of extra uh, features as well. Wherever you get podcasts from, or you can always go to supertalk.fm. Please subscribe. And if you do subscribe, rate it five stars. You can say whatever you want in that review. You don't like me. You want to call me this, that, and the other. I don't care. I don't care. Call Robbie, whatever you like. Don't matter. Five stars. That, that's the price. To, that's the, that's the price of admission. You get a five star review. You can say whatever you want. We talked about this though. We, we about state just off to a slow start with the portal. And what's bothered me the most about it is there's all this like hush hush stuff going on. Like oh they're bringing these guys in, but they don't want to tell you know. Oh they may have a commitment here or there. And, yeah. Where are the stars? They need stars. They don't. They, they got a commitment this week from a kid, Johnny Lang, commit catcher from from Pittsburgh. Hey, look, they need another catcher. Highfield can't catch every game. They have to have somebody there as a backup. This guy is a competent veteran backup. It's a pickup they had to make. Absolutely, no problem. Get after. It. But they need pitching, and they need a third baseman who can start, and they need another, maybe another big bat in the lineup. And it's July fifth, and where are those guys? This time last year, you already had Colton Ledbetter in, in the uh, in in the bag. You had Landon Gartman in the bag. You had a few others already in the bag. Where are those guys? And the names that keep popping up, you know, I mean, I, I state I was reported that state got a visit from Luke Holman from Alabama. That'd be a huge pickup for Mississippi State. Where is he? Yeah. Get him in the boat. The name that keeps popping up is Braden Montgomery, the outfielder from Stanford, who's a Jackson, Mississippi native. He's not even in the portal yet. And yet I, I, you can find a thread on a Mississippi State message board almost every day about how when he comes to Mississippi State, he's not in the portal yet. You're going to have to forgive me. I can't get overly excited about a player coming to Mississippi State who's not in the portal yet. I can't, I can't get behind that. It just feels like a program like Mississippi State's, which has had two incredibly difficult seasons and is in dire need of some juice, some positive momentum, something to get the fans excited about that product again, would be shouting from the rooftops who's visiting. They'd wait, tell every media member, hey, put it out there. These guys are in town. Unless you've got guys that nobody cares about. And if you do, well, that's another problem. That's a whole other issue. I'm on the record with this baseball team for this year, for this for the 2024 season that we'll be seeing in, uh, you know, about what? Let me do the math. Five, seven months. That's correct, too. I did the math. The math. I'm on the record. I'm not buying. I don't, I don't know. I don't believe the turnaround is going to happen because I believe there's just too many problems to fix in one year. And I think they'll be, they can be better 
I think Justin Parker is, is going to do a good job, but I just don't know that they have enough talent on this team, especially from a pitching perspective, to get the job done. And so in that case, you know, everything that's going to happen is going to happen. It's going to be tough. It's going to be it's going to be really hard to sit through another season like that. Three years removed from a national championship, and I think I think it's going to be three years removed from the NCAA tournament as as a whole. And I've also said that for me, for what I believe Mississippi State baseball is, and what Mississippi State baseball should be, that the idea that okay, they they're a two seed in somebody else's regional does nothing for me. Does nothing for me. I would tell you that it's host or bust. Now, I don't think that'll be the case. And I think you can certainly make a very strong argument that as bad as they've been these past two years, to go and be a two-seed in somebody else's regional would be a big step forward. Okay? I, I mean, I can get I get, I get, get the idea. I get what you're saying. It's Mississippi State baseball. They built a $60 million stadium for one reason, to host regionals and super regionals. So put yourself in that position. And it starts with the guys that are going to have to get out of the portal. We talked about it a week ago. We said they got to get starting pitching out of the portal. They got to get a third baseman. They got to get guys like Senjay and, and Lofton and Sierra and Gibbs to take a step forward this year. They got to get more consistency out of Dakota Jordan and Hunter Hines. And I know what you're saying. Like those two are the best hitters they have. Yeah, but they need to be more consistent. Jordan, you remember, went through a really tough spell about midway through the season where they, they had to take him out of the lineup for a few weeks. Again, he, he was hitting poorly enough that a guy who I, I believe will be a future first-round pick was out of the lineup. Hunter Hines has moments where he looks like one of the most dominant hitters in college baseball. And then he has some moments where he's just not seeing the ball well enough. You've got to have a little bit more out of those guys. David Mershon and Ross Highfield need to take big step forward. And we've talked so much about third base. Second base is an issue too. Now Mershon is a natural second baseman, so maybe you move him there. But now I got to find a shortstop, and there's a lot of talk that's going to be a true freshman. And and if that's the case with this freshman Dylan Cup, so be it. But he better be ready to go from day one. He better be a difference maker. That's a lot to ask, guys. That's a lot to ask of anybody, let alone a team that's coming off back to back. Seasons where they've won a total of 18 conference games. Three years ago, they won 20. And now they've won 9 and 9. They had a losing season two years ago, and last year they were finished one game above 500. Basically, what we're asking them is they have to win five or six more games in the conference, maybe two or three more out of conference, eight more wins. That's a lot, man. Eight wins is tough to get. If it's easy, everybody would do it. This is going to be a real... I, I, I really do feel people have underestimated the, the, the size of the problem at Mississippi State. You know, this, this, isn't, this doesn't feel like a problem that's... I would have told you last year they could have fixed it in one season. I would have. If they had gotten skeins... If they had gotten Skeens and they and they finished second form and and that's great, but second doesn't get you anything. But if they had gotten Skeens, they were an NCAA tournament team, and we're not having all these discussions today. All right, Skeens was good enough to win you five or six more games by himself, and then just having him on Friday 
moves enough stuff around that you probably pick up a couple more non-conference wins along the way. And you host, and you're in a regional, and you just sort of go from there. But you didn't get him. Last year I would have said, yeah, they were they were a couple players away. Now, I don't feel the same. I feel like there, there's there's trouble. And it's going to be tough to do. I don't from the six oh one, I don't see Lim here after this year. Can't get any talent to come in, not sure why. And that's the thing, you know, it, we got what, another another month or so, month and a half before school's gonna start up here in Starville. So you got some time. You got some time. But you gotta get those guys. I mean, you, you cannot go into the season with basically the same roster. You have got to have recruited two or three difference makers. You know, to, to, to paraphrase Moneyball, right now if somebody hits the ball at third base, there's nobody standing there. <laughs> they got to get a third baseman. Slade Alford's gone. Not that, you know, hitting the ball to third base with Slade Alford there was going to preclude a, break, a base hit. The guy was one of the worst fielders in the country a season ago. But they got big holes to fill, and they've got to do it, or it's just going to be more of the same in 2024. It's going to be the same as it was in 2022 and 2023. And that's going to lead to wholesale changes. And it's going to lead to some people like me saying, I told you so. Which I would prefer not to do if I had my way. We'll see. they got to get it figured out. What do I think caused the downhill spiral? Boy, I, I get to quote Rick Ray. If I knew the answer, I'd make a lot more money. Because it's inexplicable. It truly is the way this program has, has gotten away from winning a national championship. We'll wrap things up when we come back one more time with you here on a Wednesday evening. This is Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. I am absolutely and completely thunderstruck. with you here on Thunder and Lightning, Super Talk Mississippi. If you haven't already, please boot bookmark the Super Talk website, supertalk.fm. It's a great place to find news, opinion, weather, and, of course, sports, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Southern Miss, and high school sports from across the state. It's all right there, and it don't cost you nothing. While other people are out there, you know, charging subscription fees or, even worse, exceeding your rate limits, we don't do that at Super Talk. We just... Here's our website. Click on whatever you like. You have carte blanche. Get after it. Also, tomorrow, you know, I don't, I try not to do as much self pub on the show, but, uh, tomorrow, uh, here up there in the uh, Golden Triangle, WCBI, which is the CBS affiliate, uh, I'll be on TV. Myself and Robbie Falk, uh, will join Andrea Self for mid mornings with Andrea, 9 a.m., uh, tomorrow. Uh, we talk about podcasting. She wanted to talk about uh, you know, how you get into podcasting and 
what it's like. So plenty to talk about. So of course, <laughs> she, she went after the number one guy for podcasting on the Mississippi State beat. Don't accept no substitutes. I got I got some bad news podcasting wise today. Uh, so Thunder and Lightning is is categorized under sports news. Now, I don't know why I'm in sports news and not sports, but whatever. Don't care. It's been working great. We've had a couple times ranked number one. We've been consistently a top ten, top five podcast in that category all year long. Today I see that Andy Staples' new podcast for On3 is a sports news podcast. That's going to be tough to beat. It's going to be tough for me to get ahead of Andy Staples. I'm going to count on you guys to help me out. We can do it. We can take down the monolith of uh, of that. Dwayne and Brandon, I know you said no way to kill him on third, but he was a great player on third in high school. Yes, I know this is not high school. Sometimes you have to look within. Yeah, that's great, but Kellen Clark's going to get drafted. He's going to go pro. I don't think he's going to be back at Mississippi State for one more year. He'll, he'll go pro. Are Ledberry, Ledbetter, Larry, and Clark all three gone? Ledbetter is for sure gone. He's a top 50 prospect. He could be a first-round pick, but likely a, a late second-round pick. Larry, haven't heard for sure, but my guess is yes. And Cullen Clark, I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess yes. Would be really surprised to see either one of those back, those guys back. Dave from Ripley, I noted it season ends with, noticed as the season went on and Lamonis and Bianco would come on the show and it was just as bad almost every time for all involved. But Lamonis said on occasion, several occasions, I don't know. I started thinking then, wow, that's, that's, it's tough to hear a coach say, I don't know. That's something you know. I, I give him full credit for not just coming on and giving me a bunch of gobbledygook, and just coming out and just saying like, I don't know, you know. And, and that's something I feel like fans sometimes lose is they, they feel like the coaches aren't suffering as much as they are, buddy. They're suffering ten times more. I know Chris Monas. That guy's a winner by 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 DNA by genetics. It's tearing him up these last two seasons. He he was with with all of you guys in the same place when he was standing there in Duty Noble Field in a, on a July uh, Thursday with a national championship trophy. His thinking was, "I'll be back here doing this again very soon." Could never have foreseen what's happened. Could never have predicted it. So he's suffering ten times worse than you are, the fan. I promise you that. I promise it. The problem is he's the one who gets paid a million plus a year to figure it out, and if he can't, he's that's that. Love thunder and lightning, but it's no Jim Cornette experience. While I agree, Jason, I agree, Jim Cornette experience is listed under sports and not sports news. I don't have to compete with him and and the rest of the Conrad universe, and more importantly, I don't have to compete with the Bill Simmons podcast and pardon my take. Again, I don't know why I'm sports news and not sports. I'm just thankful that's the case. The past few weeks, I've been battling another bulldog. It's been KJ All Day is the name of the podcast. KJ Wright's podcast. He talk, He has a lot of his former teammates on. He talks a lot of NFL. So for Mississippi State stuff, obviously if you want to support him, I understand, but you're not getting a lot of Mississippi State stuff from him. I always think it's hilarious. that like, Here's this Mississippi State football, sports podcast going head-to-head. with. I mean, there's some big national names in the category. But Andy Staples, that's going to be tough competition. If, if I can get number one one day over Staples, I'm going to be pretty pleased with myself. I'm not going to lie to you. You might hear about it on this show or on Sports Talk Mississippi when that when that day comes. So we're going to we're going to continue to work hard. Let me give you some. I'm give you some coach speak. 
We're just going to continue to work hard. We're going to take it one show at a time. You know, the next show is the most important show. And, uh, you know, we're not going to worry about what other teams, what other podcasts are doing. We're going to do what we do. And, you know, that's what's made us great. That's what's made us one of the top podcasts in the country. And, uh, yeah. So we don't, we don't, we don't worry about other, other people here within these four walls. We take care of what we can take care of. We control what we can control. And we go out every week and we give it our best. Joe Moorhead could have said that. Could have come right out of Dan Mullen's mouth. Don't tell me it couldn't now. Guys, have a great uh, Wednesday. Back with you tomorrow on Sports Talk Mississippi. Richard Cross still off. Let's keep it that way. Talk to you again very, very soon. This is Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.